This is John Beethan with What Has My Attention. And this is episode one with John Victorino, and it's titled Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and SEO Digital Real Estate. So right now, I bring you John Victorino. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well this morning. That's good. Good. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to bring you in the studio because we met um, at the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. And uh, your company is Beacon SEO, right? Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. And so you want to describe a little bit about what that what you do with your business? Yes. Yeah, so really the point of our business is we work with business owners and we help them get in front of their ideal clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really just the best way to explain it. Yeah. Without getting too technical, you know. Yeah, without getting too technical. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about an online business, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On page SEO and stuff like yep, that. Yep. Making you show up in front of Google. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So part of the reason you're here is because um although I've produced podcasts for 14 years, you know, you were partially inspired me to um uh, do what I've been talking about doing for a long time, which is start my own podcast. So and the biggest reason is that when we met for coffee, actually when I first met you at the chamber, but it was very evident. Uh, coffee that um, sitting in front of you, you, you know, you established and locked on eye contact, which um, in a very non-threatening way and just kind of a gentle way. Um, and that spoke volumes to me. And then when we got into the conversation more and more, it was just obviously there was something going on in your life that had probably informed you and made a difference. I mean, you said you were from Nevada, right? Yeah, I'm from Reno, Nevada. And I mean, on the whole thing with the eye contact, I mean, for those of you that can't see me in the podcast, I'm 27. I'm part of the millennial generation, I would say. Yeah. Um, That's something that I always run into with even my friends. Sometimes if I look them in the eyes for too long, they get just unnerved. So, you know, I like, I think eye contact is a really good thing for communication. Yeah. There are some cultures that don't do that. Like I think in Japanese culture, mm-hmm. it's it's somewhat you kind of bow down and, you know, sort of like that. Good thing we're not in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the conversation went to jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's something that has just consumed my life as of late. Mm-hmm. And so I find myself relating a lot of the things that happen in my life to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. There's really a lot of um, similarities that you can run into with that. Yeah. Well, it sort of piqued my interest because I told you a story that when I was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, I was working for a company and and the owner of the company asked me to hire somebody to do, you know, to just be there all the time to do some IT work. And I hired this guy, Gil. And Gil and I got to know each other. And then I found out he did jiu-jitsu and he was taught by his father at starting at the age of three and although i never saw him perform so to speak or anything else but one day he just said to me he said if i can get you on the ground it's over and i go what do you mean by that so why don't you tell us what jiu-jitsu is and how, as a martial martial art, it is very different than anything else, isn't it? Yeah, so jiu-jitsu is really mainly a grappling 
sport, although there are different variations where there's striking involved. Um, and of course, if you get into MMA, um, like the UFC, you have a lot of striking that's involved. Mm -hmm. um, but as a self-defense art, it's really good just because um, if you're a smaller person, right, and you have a bigger opponent, once you get them on the ground, there's a lot of things that start to work in your favor. Number because you're one, smaller? Um, not necessarily, but the fact that they're on the ground means that they can't um, quickly accelerate their body to create a lot of force. It's just the best way to describe it. Because if their back's on the floor, they can't, you know, lunge forward to create that momentum to strike mm -hmm. you in the face and do a lot of damage. Now, if they're able to strike you while they're on the ground, it's mostly just going to be their arm strength. And that's a lot less powerful than if my whole body weight is into a punch. Or a kick or something. Yeah, or like something that. like that, yep. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so that's a really big benefit that you can experience if you are a smaller fighter and you have find yourself in an altercation where the guy's a lot bigger than you. Um, and on top of that, there's certain um, vulnerabilities that the human anatomy has. And as you study that through jujitsu, you start to realize that it doesn't really matter how strong you are how big your arms are, I can still, you know, wrap my arm around your neck and cut off your oxygen supply and put you to sleep. That mm. doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So those are just some things that you start to realize. And there's some, there's several um, just laws that, that just work. And it's just the way that we're designed as humans that we can always exploit. Mm -hmm. So learning jujitsu, how is that kind of, changed or informed your life in terms of the way you it must be in terms of an approach to uh, life or people or something it really humbles you you know it's um much like learning anything else it's difficult there's a lot of um not necessarily fear but like apprehension like oh man am i gonna make a fool of myself whatever um but really it just humbles you i remember my first it, i think it was my first week uh doing the jiu-jitsu classes and you know we go through our our typical training session so the first part of our training session is usually uh drilling specific techniques and then at the end of the training you go into some live sparring um so during the end of the training session where we're doing sparring i actually partnered up with this like he must have been like 70 years old. I mean, he's just like, you know, white haired, you know, <laughs> scrawny looking. Like I must have had like 30 pounds on him. And uh, he was a blue belt. I was a white belt. And he just got his hands on me, put me on my back. And then after that, I just pretty much couldn't move. And so I just started <laughs> at, like kind of freaking out. Like what is going on? Why is he able to do that? And it's really all about technique. So after that, it really just has become my obsession. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You and I, when we, we talked before, you would, one thing you had mentioned about uh, something about it, if you have an opponent in front of you, let's just say you're on the street and there's somebody threatening you with a knife or a gun or anything, you, you had talked a little bit about how much time you actually have. Yeah, so um, if you're trying to defend yourself, if somebody has a knife, uh, your best chance is probably to run. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you're faster than them, but if you have to. Um, 
So with a gun, right? Now, the timing varies. It depends on if the gun is holstered, if, you know, it's already cocked, the safety's on and things like that. But this stat actually came from my father-in-law who was, you know, retired San Diego PD. Now he is a sheriff. And he's told me that if the gun is in a holster and the time that it takes to take it out of the holster, point it at somebody, cock the gun, and then take the safety off, you have about three seconds. And typically that's 21 feet for a regular person. So if you're within 21 feet and that gun is still holstered, you can try and go for it and, you know, control his arms and uh, stop Hmm. him from pulling out that gun. Um, But yeah, if you're within that 21 feet and you have a knife and he has a gun, I would go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Although when your adrenaline is rushing through your body, you might be able to move very quickly. So, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where are you at in terms of your just studying jujitsu? I mean, how, how often do you go? Um, depending on how busy I get, it typically ranges from um, three to five or six times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I am at the very beginning stage. I'm a white belt still. I have four stripes. I'm actually, uh, I'll be testing for my blue belt here in December, uh, two months away. I have the this like three page sheet with three columns on each page that has all these different moves, all these techniques that you need to know how to do. And that's what they test you on. Mm-hmm. But as far as my journey in jiu-jitsu, I am very, very at the beginning stage of everything. Oh, you know what's great, though, that I've started to notice, right? When I started a year and a half ago, when I would spar with somebody, it would be like, I don't know, it'd be like watching somebody drown. They're just like throwing their arms around, kicking their legs, and they're just trying not to drown. Right. But now it's to the point where my mind is calmer and I'm seeing moves more, more calmly. Like the way that um, my coach was talking about it was he had me in a choke and he was looking in my eyes and he could see that I wasn't panicking. It was like, okay, here are the moves that I need to do to get out of this. And I performed them. And now it's to the point where as I'm sparring with somebody else, I'm actually able to see the openings. Now, the next step is going to be to recognize those openings more quickly and then take advantage of them. But it just, you know, it comes with time and repetition. Yeah. Re- I, what, I, what I say is repetition is the mother of skill. Yep. Yep. So a lot of people try to get into something and they want to like, well, you know, typically a lot of people, some people take a yoga class and they take yoga for six months and then they open up a little practice of teaching yoga and it yeah it's like john and i are kind of grimacing because it's just like no i don't think so and it's like there's just you know it just takes time Mm -hmm. yeah i mean being a practitioner of yoga and running a business are two different things Mm -hmm. not a lot of people realize that when they get into their businesses but um, a great example is with attorneys you know they go to law school for three years just my buddy's in law school right now. And I told him when he started, like, dude, I'll see you in three years. 
You yeah. know, he's at the library. He's at school from seven in the morning till seven at night every day,、uh, other than Sunday, I believe. But when you're going through law school, you learn how to be an attorney. You learn, you know, how to read the law, how to、um, interpret language. But when you're out there and you start your own practice, your own firm, like you don't know how to run a business. You don't know how to do marketing. How to Um, systemize your operations, but those are things that are essential to running a business,、mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the same for a lot of different people that are good at something. They open a business doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, what's a little bit of the history of jujitsu? Where, where did it start? Ooh, so just as a、um, disclaimer, I got this history from YouTube, so you can probably go find the history <laughs> of jujitsu through YouTube. And it'll be more accurate than what I'm about to tell you. But、um, from what I gather,、uh, there were these Japanese jujitsu practitioners that visited Brazil, and the Gracie family got to attend those、um, classes. And one of the smallest of the Gracie brothers at the time, his name is Helio Gracie. You know, he's the smallest, the weakest of all the brothers, and. He wanted to develop a style of jujitsu that suits his style, which is technique-driven, timing-driven, and make it work that way, and make it work against stronger, bigger opponents. And that was really the genesis of、um, jujitsu, from my understanding.、Mm-hmm. And to、mm-hmm. this day, for every、uh, so I'm part of the Gracie Academies, and to this day, every time we start a class, we bow to Master Helio. He is. Hung up on the wall in every gym, as far as I can tell.、Mm-hmm. Interesting. So,、um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. How long does it take to get through all the belts, and what are the belts? Yeah. So,、um, the average that I've gotten is about ten years to get your black belt,、mm-hmm. and depending on if you're an adult or a Kid, the de- the belts are different. I'm not sure what the belts are for the kids, but for an adult, you start with the white belt. You go up to blue, then purple, and then brown, and then you get to a black belt. And then above that, I believe, is a coral belt, and that's you know 30 years, I believe, to get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing that I've、um, I've heard. From other black belts, is that once you get to the black belt level, it almost starts over because you start to realize just how much you really don't know,、mm. even、mm-hmm. that you're ten years in. So、mm-hmm. you know, we'll see.、Mm-hmm. We'll see how long it takes me. I'm a year and a half in. Yeah, that's actually true with a lot of things. For me, the longer I'm on the planet, the more I realize I just don't know. Uh, like I'll learn something new and, and think, why didn't I know that before? And it's usually because of some sort of experience with somebody or something, you know. Yeah, it's really good to know those、uh, limitations in yeah. yourself yeah. and、uh, accepting it. There's nothing more dangerous than a person who thinks they know everything. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can think of several.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it just limits your growth, your potential. Like, if you're not even open to asking a question, yeah, like, you know, if you're not open to asking a question of, oh, how can I do this, or how is this done, versus, oh, I already know how to do that.、Mm-hmm. Let's not worry about it.、Mm-hmm. You know,、mm-hmm. very dangerous thinking. 
So taking a taking a, a side journey here, I understand you and yours just got back from a vacation, right? We did, yeah. We were in Mexico and uh, Cabo San Lucas for a week. Very nice. fun. Nice. Yeah, there was a hurricane headed in as we were leaving. Oh, really? And yeah. Uh, yeah. we didn't know if we were going to get back here, if our flights were going to get canceled or anything like Actually, somebody in our party had their flight canceled, but we made it out. How long were you there? A week? Yep, a week, seven a days. Week. And of course, any practicing jujitsu while you were there? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was a lot of relaxing, a lot of eating food, um, you know, drinking, but... Honestly, after a few days of lounging around, I couldn't take it, but definitely headed back into the jiu-jitsu gym. It was uh, interesting during our warm-ups. I thought to myself, man, I still know how to do this. It's pretty cool. It's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike. You yeah. never forget. Yeah. Yeah. Although the uh, the cardio and conditioning was not very good that day after we got back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely breathing hard very quickly. You want to talk a little bit about Beacon? Uh, sure. Yeah, so, be, be, yeah, because, yeah, like I said, when we started meeting for coffee and, you know, stuff, I, before jujitsu came up, it was like, you know, I recognized you'd been working really hard at this for a while and you know what you're doing. So let's talk about it. SEO. A lot of times I'll, I'll talk to somebody client or something, and they'll always ask what it is, which is search engine optimization. And it's, we all, we all know it's really important. I mean, it's one thing to have a, a website or some sort of property, whether it's social media or whatever, but if people can't find you, because most people are just going to search, then yeah, it can be a problem if it's not properly done. The comparison that I like to draw with you know, a website that has proper SEO that gets organic traffic is that if you were to open, let's say a yogurt shop, right? And you can set that yogurt shop up uh, anywhere you want and it lands in the middle of a deserted island where there's no people walking about, your yogurt shop is going to fail, right? You need traffic to a business for it to succeed. Now, if you take that same yogurt shop, put it in the middle of Times Square, there's a lot of people walking through you have a high chance of succeeding. And that's really all it is, is um, SEO is all about putting your business and you know your website, your properties in the most traffic place on the internet. That's really all it is. And it's like real estate, right? It's all about location, location, location. I've even thought of myself as a digital property owner because that's really all it is, is we get businesses in those um, highly trafficked areas where they can now um, generate more business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's some caveats to this too, because in our other conversation, we we're just talking about um, there are there are some businesses that make it very difficult for local search, right? Yeah, um, there are certain industries that there are just some huge authority websites that makes it just pretty much impossible to rank for. So an example of this would be real estate. Mm -hmm. um, in the realm of real estate, you have to be really careful with your strategy. So in real estate, there are still keywords that you can rank for that is doable, that can generate business, but a lot of them, you know, you don't even want to bother. So for example, 
If you search on Google Carlsbad Real Estate or Carlsbad Homes for Sale, you will find at the top of the first page it'll be, you know, Zillow, Trulia, House.com, um, you know, Homes.com, Realtor.com, those websites, Century 21, Redfin, you know, for a typical real estate team that's local, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for you to outrank those guys just because they have millions, maybe even billions of pages that are all related to real estate. And Google is, you know, it's a data processor. And they know that this website has billions of pages around real estate. Let's rank them for real estate keywords. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one of the industries that are it, that's just really difficult to rank for. Um, another one would be pharmaceuticals. Mm. Um, that's difficult in a different sense, just because there's a lot of uh, sketchy practices that happen when it comes to pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, what might be considered something a little easier to rank for? If you're a local service provider, um, those are very very lucrative for businesses. Okay, uh, so you're talking plumbers and electricians and yeah, pool and spa. Yep, plumbers, electricians, um, nail salons are, pr are really good too, hair salons, um, chiropractors, dentists, although um, with chiropractors and dentists, a lot more of those practitioners are investing in their SEO, so it's becoming more and more... Um, competitive mm -hmm. attorneys you can also do it but it's also pretty competitive but really if it's localized you have a really good chance of ranking for those keywords mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah once you start branching out into like trying to rank for the entire country then you know depending on the niche the space the keywords um it can be doable it might not be but if it's on a city by city basis there's pretty much you know anyone can do that yeah so if you're an attorney and you specialize in one certain part of it. Like, let's say you're an attorney and you specialize in helping startups get started right on the right foot by having the proper legal documents to get started. Would that be a, that'd be a little bit easier, you would think? So that would depend on the city. And mm -hmm. then the other thing we got to consider in that case is, are you in a city that, has a lot of startups that are starting up. Those are just things that you would need to consider. So if you're in a, in a city where there's not a lot of startups that are going, there's not a, a lot of attorneys that are doing what you do for startups, it's probably going to be very easy because there's not going to be a lot of competition. But if you are, let's say, in San Francisco, where there's just pretty much everywhere, it'd be more competitive for sure. More competitive. Yep. So would you recommend to clients to actually consider doing other things to, you know, make connections like networking, like. Yeah. Um, I would think about where your clients hang out and go find those places and see if you can network in those places. So for example, with that startup attorney, I would go find incubators and co-working spaces. Um, I actually recently ran into this, place I, I forget what it's called but it's a place where you can learn how to weld learn how to run a cnc machine learn how to create products and it's a i think it's called the maker space mm -hmm. 
I I would bet there's a lot of people trying to come up with products in that space that are going to be startups at some point. I would even go to uh to universities. Mm-hmm. You know, usually universities have in their school of business a um you know, a business planning senior project kind of deal. Um when I was going through school, I was part of an engineering program and our senior project is to um come up with a product and then come up with a business plan for it. So those are really great um sources if you are that type of attorney. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What yeah. other part about everything you do that you're really passionate about and really unique and do you have a story about maybe a client that did real well? Uh yeah, so one of the uh so this was back when I was still living in Reno. Um I met this chiropractor. He was maybe early 30s. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure how old he was. He's uh, in the middle of kind of buying out the previous owner of the practice who was, I think, in his 60s. So it's, you know, time to change uh, change the guard. And um, when we met, he was really interested about, uh, you know, doing SEO. Uh, and one of the conversations that we had is, you know, if if my car ever broke down, like I'm looking on Google for a mechanic. So I'm guessing that if somebody hurts their back, that's what they're going to do as well. Uh, so we started working with this attorney and, or this um, chiropractor and a few months in is cool. So I got a phone call from him randomly and he said, you know, John, we just signed 10 new patients this week and we've never done that before. So we think it's definitely working. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, I think the figure from them from them was uh um they typically average around two to three new patients per per week. So mm-hmm. you know, three yeah. times it. And you of course could go look at analytics to see what was going oh, on. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um and then another one actually, this is fairly recent. Um we we're working with a landscaper in the Lake Tahoe area. For those of you who've never been to Lake Tahoe, beautiful, beautiful place. Go check it out. Um he actually signed a hundred thousand dollar job from uh, for his landscaping company, and uh, you know we were only doing SEO for him, so uh, it can be very, very beneficial for uh, you know business owners. Uh-huh. So typically, if you have a client that's got a website or something that comes to you, so what do you what do you typically do? I mean, what do you you know where do you start with them? So the first thing that we start off with is um, going through uh, a complete analysis of their website, their situation. And the way that I describe it is, you know, if you were going to a doctor, right, you've got some pain in your body, go to a doctor. The first thing that they're going to have you do is uh, fill out some paperwork, run some tests. And then based off of those tests, you can create a game plan on how to make you better treatment, medication, whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And we take that same approach with our websites as well. So um, when we have a business owner that is interested in doing SEO, the first thing that we do is we take a look at their website. Right. What are the on page factors that we need to work on? Is the website fast? Do they have the right keywords in their um, in the right places on their website? Um, you know, is there anything that we got to clean up as far as content is concerned? Uh, is it secure? Things like that all need to be, um, we just need to take stock of what's going on in that uh, situation. And then the next step is to figure out who their competitors are, right? Because, um, you know, Google is a fight, right? That 
number one ranking website isn't going to give up their spot for you. You know, you got to take it. So、mm-hmm. we got to figure out, okay, how、uh, powerful is that website? How well optimized are they?、Um, what are the resources that it's going to take to get you above them,、uh, get you in the race? And then the last thing that we also go through is、um, what's called keyword research. And all that is all about finding out what is the potential、um, business that you can generate by ranking on the first page of Google. Like, if nobody is looking for what you do, honestly, don't do SEO, right? So <laughs> I actually <laughs> ran into this.、Uh, I've never met the lady, but. Um, I heard there is a lady somewhere here in Carlsbad that what she does is she is a cat therapist. And I would venture to guess that nobody really looks for a cat therapist on Google, although you、yeah. never know.、Mm-hmm. You think they do?、Uh, <laughs> maybe one or two and a、okay. million. So that's the thing. So if there's only one or two people, let's say per month, that are looking for a cat therapist and it's a really competitive space, the chances are it's not worth it for you to. You know, go through the whole SEO process. Now, if you are a landscaper and you are, you know, each job to you is worth 50 grand, then yeah, might be a good idea. But that's really typically the process is first, we look at your website, see what's going on with it. We look at your competitors, how powerful are they? What are our opportunities based off of that? And then keyword research, what is the potential growth that we can deliver you? Um, based on the numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are the bigger challenges for you with clients? L- like, let's just say I was somebody and I was interested. What, what, norm, what challenge do you, you sometimes or often come up with that I would like want to get my act together with first before coming to see you? Don't really worry about getting your act together. You know, I just start the conversation as quickly as possible and,、uh, you know, we can create that strategy together.、Um, as far as the challenges that I've faced, it's really all about the trust.、Um, depending on if you've done SEO before or who you've worked with before,、um, there's a lot of just shady, just companies out there that really don't know what they're doing. And, They sell SEO because it's a buzzword. It's something that business owners yeah, know、sure. that they need and they just don't do anything.、Mm-hmm. So that is, has to be my biggest challenge is trying to get those people, especially when you meet a business owner that, like, you know, I've worked with somebody in your space before. We've done really great.、Uh, you know, they just can't get over that. The scars of their previous SEO engagement. So it's, it's really difficult to kind of、uh, convert them back into it. But that's、mm-hmm. probably the biggest challenge that I've run into. And it's, it, it's really sad sometimes just because, like, man, you know, if you said, to this, say, said yes to this right now, and if I could fast forward this to a year, a year and a half where, you know, where we can take you, if you could just see that, like, I just wish I had a time machine to show you that. But, well, you can、uh, paint the picture、sadly. for him. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so sometimes ha- those scars are deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure it varies from situation or client to client. And, but, you know, how long can, how long does it really take to start to get some traction once you've really kind of pulled the trigger on it? 
So it really depends on, again, the space. Um, but typically, around three to six months for an initial big push. Mm-hmm. Although there are certain cases where if we take on a website that has really, you know, no on-page optimization, no keywords that are on the website in any of the important places, uh, sometimes you will see that uh, once we do the on-page optimization and get all those keywords in all the right places on their website, they see that initial bump, you know, a week, two weeks in. Um, sometimes that happens. And then if you're working in a non-competitive space, mm-hmm. you know, let's say we are working with, um, you know, a chiropractor in a town where there's 30,000 people, sometimes that on-page optimization is actually enough to get you to the top. So it mm-hmm. really just depends on the case. Mm-hmm. But um, since we are in San Diego County, typically three to six months for that initial push. And depending, you know, if you're an attorney, the chances are we're going to have to work together forever. Uh, if you're a contractor, depending on the type of contractor you are, nine months a year. And then, yeah, so those are some good baselines. Uh-huh. And a lot of this requires content development, right? You guys do that too? Um, we do help generate content. Uh, really, what we like to do is work with content creators and uh, as you know, all these blogs and videos are coming in, we really just to like to you know have our hands in there and make sure that the blog content or the video, you know, as it's uploaded to YouTube is optimized for SEO. But as far as coming up with content, we don't really do that in-house. We like to have, you know, I come from a technical background. I'm not really very uh, creative, I'll say. So that's very, very hard work for me. So I'd rather have somebody that, you know, that's what they love to do is write stories and write information and so you and bring them in like that. Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll make that happen. Okay, good. So I'm going to ask a question going to be a bit of a stretch or maybe not. So could you equate with a metaphor that SEO is like jujitsu? Yes. Okay. Just give me one. So, Again, I'm going to equate this to um, if you are in a larger city where there's a lot of competition, right? So in jiu-jitsu, if you work at it and work at it and work at it for, let's say, five years, you are going to get up to a certain level of being able to handle yourself, being able to you know, perform techniques at a certain speed. And then let's say all of a sudden you just stop. And then for the next five years, you just sat on your couch, did nothing. If you try to do jujitsu again, you're likely going to struggle a lot. And that's really the same thing with SEO, especially if you're in a competitive city. You know, it's you got to work at it and there's a lot of work that goes into it. And all of a sudden, if you just stop all of a sudden, number one, your competitors are going to catch up and then overtake you. So really that's a, um, a big parallel that we can draw on that. And then Another one that we can take on is the fact that it, both are very technical practices. In jiu-jitsu, there are specific ways that you need to move your body. And if you do that move wrong, you know, the body pressure that you have on your opponent is wrong and they can sweep you, submit you, do a reversal escape. 
So those moves need to be performed precisely in the right way, in the right time. And with SEO, as you're ranking a website, especially if it's new, you got to be very, very careful and very deliberate on what you're doing, how you're doing it, how quickly you're doing it. So they're just both very technical art forms. Art forms. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It is an art, you know? Yeah. Some clients I know complain about what things cost. But, you know, it's just the one way I think about it is like, okay, so do you have a, do you have a store? Do you pay your rent? No. Well, this is kind of, in a sense, like paying rent. Everything's moving online. You know, so, uh, people still, I think, like to go shopping. But uh, there's a lot of people that have their businesses solely online. And so, you know, you can expect to have a budget for services that equate to rent that you normally, you know, would be paying for if you had a brick and mortar. Would you agree with that? Or Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I will say I'm one of those people that re- I really don't like shopping. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, my wife does all my shopping. So one of the things that you'll notice uh, if you ever see me out and about is I will either be wearing a black polo and jeans, and I have like 10 or 15 of those black polos that I can just throw on. Yeah. If it's not that, I'll either have something blue on, and I'm wearing a blue shirt right now, um, and that's because my wife loves blue. So mm-hmm. as we've started, like as we were dating and now we're married and she's do- doing my shopping, my wardrobe is slowly turning blue. <laughs> um, now, as far as that um, idea of rent, so that's actually a really good way that I've shifted my thinking with what I do with SEO, right? One of the things that we talked about earlier is digital real estate, because that's really all it is, right? Is, you know, we are taking websites to the most traffic places, you know, on the planet. And uh, if your website is on a traffic place where there's a lot of eyeballs that can get in front of it, you have a chance of making money. And really the traffic from Google is just the best traffic, right? Why Why do you say that? Because if I have a busted toilet and I need a plumber and I search on Google for a plumber, I need a plumber, right? And you're going to find one. Yeah, I'm going to find one. I'm going to work with somebody over there. Like, um, you know, if I am getting submitted in jujitsu and somebody just, you know, tweaks my back, I need a chiropractor. I need a chiropractor, right? I'm going to go on Google. I'm already in need. So um, at the very least, you get warm traffic in Google. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in some cases, like a tree falls on someone's house, like they need that tree removed and that roof replaced. So, yeah. um, And you don't need to put, uh, used to be, it's like I would search for something near me and no longer do you have to do that. Yep. Yep. Google is smart enough to- If if your smartphone, if your phone or PC or whatever, if if it's connected to the internet and you, you have location services turned on. Yep, exactly. You know, and most people, and by, by default, they all are pretty much, yep. unless you consciously go in and turn them off. Yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's just really powerful. It's you know, you don't have to try to sell somebody or try to change their mind. It's you know, their mind is already made up. I need this, right? Um, another one, if you are an e-commerce 
store owner, mm-hmm. a really powerful thing to rank for is you know X product versus Y product, right? Because if if a person, yep, if if uh, a person is already comparing two products, they're you know they're deep in the buying process. They're just trying to figure out which brand or which you know which product am I going to buy. So um, yeah, very very powerful platform to advertise your business on your market your business from. Yeah. So beyond what you're doing with SEO, do you have any other services that are available too? Yeah. So um, we actually launched a Facebook advertising service and between Google and Facebook, we can pretty much reach, you know, who we need to reach for our clients. We're looking at working with or bringing on a videographer. And uh, that's something that I think is just very important on anybody's marketing strategies. You got to have video. Mm-hmm. Right. The days of, you know, having a giant wall of text on your website and having somebody read it, that's just really doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, if I landed on a website and I can watch a 30 second video or read a wall of text, I'm watching that video. Yeah. So video is huge. Uh, and then if you embed a video on your website, if somebody clicks play on that video, It'll count as an engagement and Google tracks those things. And, you know, more visits, more engagement on your website, the higher you'll rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube itself is its own search engine, so you can rank for that. So that's something that's in the works. Yeah, nice. Very nice. And of course, we're doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the services are available. If you want to do a podcast, contact John. John, I hope, would Victorino would, would uh, hook them up with me, John. Oh, Ethan. yeah. Yeah. The two Johns working together. So what do you think of the studio? I like it. I like the, uh, would you consider these tapestries? Well, uh, they're antique Indian blankets. Okay. Yeah. They're wool, so they're thick and they absorb sound. So mm-hmm. it makes it really, really pretty quiet and sweet in here. Yeah, yeah. I will say that this, uh, all these little uh patterns are kind of giving me an overload so when i work from home Uh i have nothing on my walls i I got that i got that from nothing yeah you yeah and you told me you you, your phone is across the room you take no distractions yep i throw it over there like i have a whiteboard that's within my eyesight and nothing else like Uh uh-huh so this is overload for you (laughs) because these blankets have very well they're beautiful yeah the patterns are beautiful and they're colorful um but it's a lot of energy Mm -hmm. that's it it's a lot of energy just yeah but i like the studio you know it's awesome and i'm enjoying doing the podcast that's good Yeah. yeah well maybe we can maybe you can come back yeah yeah if you have an aha, if you have something in your life that is just like even just a little small piece, you know, you could run by after one of your other meetings, you know, you're you're going to continue to be Thursdays at uh, for BNI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there's something you want to talk about, let me know. How do you want to uh, end this? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to say? You know, I really came into this uh Without much that I wanted to do, I just wanted to try the podcast, really, the whole podcasting game. So yeah, that's a mission accomplished for me. We got to talk about one of my loves, jiu-jitsu, 
my other love my business and i even squeezed in a couple of conversations about my wife in there so nice i'm three for three um but other than that man it's been fun yeah good Good, yeah. good, good. So get in contact with, uh, to you at uh, like uh, beaconseo.com? Yep, you can find my uh, company's website at beaconseo.com. Should I give a phone number to you? No. Yeah. Oh, you can, yeah. sure, if you want. I actually Absolutely. don't remember my office number, but beaconseo.com and my office number will be on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you're a business owner and you are curious about how your website is doing, you can actually go on my website and there's a like a big button at the top that says get a free SEO report. Uh-huh. You just type in your website and your email and it'll automatically you know, run through your website um, and then go through some optimizations that you can do on your own and then go through that list. You know, So if you're ever interested, run that report. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do after I get off this podcast with you. There you go. I'm going to run johnbeathan.com through it. Yeah, and if you want somebody to go through that um report that you would get with you to explain a little more detail yeah yeah you know feel free to reach out i'm usually very generous in my information that's the thing too is that uh so um, one of the things that we talked about earlier is we're doing a uh, tech bites that's about seo for the carlsbad chamber Mm -hmm. um the way that i do my presentations is i hold nothing back like i will give you all the free resources all the free information that you want if you want to do it yourself Go ahead, but you know, if you're a busy business owner, do you really want to be optimizing your website? Do you want to be running your business? So come on down, do your your report, and we'll run through it. All right. John, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and we will talk to everybody next time.